You know, it just brings me back to that time. Um, you know, when you see a movie or from the 80s or 90s or the 70s, John, they're like time time machines. They just bring you back. You know what girl you were talking to. You know what car you were driving. You know, you know where you were living. It just, and I can't remember anything. But when I not only hear a song, but especially a movie, it just takes you right back. And you're like, wow. And you get all nostalgic and stuff like that. You know, that'd be interesting to talk about. Maybe we'll just talk about that on the show. What do you think? Talk about our, not just our favorite movies, but what movies maybe had a profound effect on us. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yes. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. All okay. right. We'll do a little countdown. Do a little countdown, And we'll bro. talk about that because, you know, we're a little, we're, we'll wax nostalgic. Is yeah. that what they I say? I got to stop looking at the damn monitor. There's monitor, the this. There's yeah, the camera. camera. <laughs> it looks like, no, that don't look right. No, it don't look right. It don't look right. I don't like that because I feel like you. How about if I do? When this? you do that and the monitor, it's like you're looking at me, and I'm like, "What's he looking at?" Let me be a sidewinder today. That's weird. I don't know. Just All be right. yourself. Yeah, I know. I'll get right? It. Yep. When, right? We just saw that. I just can't, told you. can't overthink it, Phil. Chaz Palmitary and um, uh, who would I just tell you, John? Who was in that podcast? Chaz Palmitary. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz, the comedian. Yeah. And they said their their careers didn't take off until they were they, they were themselves. Until they acted like themselves or did jokes like themselves, they were themselves. Let's get into that right Joey away. Diaz. Yeah, Joey Diaz. He's, uh, uh, he's a Jersey guy. North Bergen. He's from North Bergen? Yeah, yeah. Well, he originally from the Bronx. Then they moved. His mother wanted to take him out of New York City. He said the Bronx. And they moved to North Bergen. And he was surrounded with Italians. So he grew up Italian. He's got a lot of Italian friends. Uh, I know somebody who knew him growing up who's a really a great guy. And they said he's really a great guy, too. Very down to earth. And he's very tight with Joe Rogan. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, very tight with Joe yeah. Rogan. So let's do a countdown. Go ahead. You're okay with that? Yeah. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Without overthinking it, friends, welcome back to another episode of The Jersey Alchemist, and I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. I freaking love that. <laughs> Woo! That's funny. I get a little Rick Fair there. And we have your top 100 hits today. No, we Casey, don't. And I'm Philip <laughs> yeah, D'Angelo. That reminds me of Casey Kasem. Remember yeah, Casey? yeah. Now, that guy died shitty. He had they. He got he, caught on the turntable. No, no, no. no. Right. What do you he, if I have the story right, and anybody in the comments, Casey Kasem, who was on what every Sunday morning, right? Uh, I just countdown. Re- I just remember his voice. That's Satellite funny. radio. You could still get the countdown. You know, yeah. only forty years prior. You know, yeah. and his girlfriend. He had dementia, and his girlfriend had him locked in the house, and the kids couldn't talk to him. Nobody could talk to him. Nobody could see him. Anything. Oh my God. Mrs. Kasem did him dirty. That's what they say. So I don't know what happened, oh. but yeah. did you ever hear outtakes? Outtakes for Casey Kasem? No. It is so funny. Any of you people that hear outtakes from like Bill O'Reilly, there's a couple of good ones. Uh, Howard Stern used to play it all the time. And Casey Kasem, how he talks with like, "Hey, on yeah. this date, we're gonna sing right. the Carpenters close to you." 
and then somebody would mess up, and he'd go, what the F are you doing, you <laughs> son of a bitch? I'm going to have your ass, and, and you know, you're out of here, you effing moron. Like, oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, there was yeah. no dementia there. Oh, yeah. He knew exactly what he was saying. Uh, Howard Stern would play all those clips all the time. Like, oh, oh you wow. think Casey Kasem is, uh, you know, this and sweet and innocent? I'm going to have to look for them now. Oh, they're... I bet you they're out there No, somewhere. they're 100%. And there's a good one with Bill O'Reilly. You know, he's so calm, cool, collected, he's, uh, sophisticated. He's, he's a sin- I know, I'm not a Bill O'Reilly fan. Yeah, just and yet there's one of him screaming at everybody. Really? Rosie O'Donnell? Was was, well, was she one of those people? She's the one that Trump used to fight. No, they both used to fight with her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on, man. All right, so we were talking about movies that you watched in the past mm-hmm. that when you see them they just bring you right back to that moment in time you know the weather i have a horrible memory you have the you know what day it was summertime what girl you took to the movies what car you drove where you went out to eat anywhere i mean it was crazy it was unbelievable now back in the 80s early 90s i had three movies on my playlist okay Outside of the classics. So these are kind of like, they were Raging Bull, Robert De Niro. This is the 90s, so then that would have been at least 10 years old. Yeah, so, but until the 2000s, when I had family, we used to have the VCR. I had the VCR of Raging Bull, Pumping Iron, all right, don't you laugh out there, okay? Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. Arnold always got me pumped up to like, all right, let's go work out. After I eat that cheeseburger. And then, uh, like I told you, Pope of Greenwich Village, Mickey Rourke. <clears throat> I love Pope of Greenwich Village. Any movie that's shot in New York City, for some reason, I'm just attracted to it. I like the whole feeling, the whole vibe. Yeah. Any movie almost. It has to be a real suck movie for me not to like a, a New York City movie. So that was done, and I'm a huge Mickey Rourke fan. Mickey Rourke is my guy. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because not only was he like one of these, you know, these, you know, let's face it. Actors, on the, in the most part, John, they're soft. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're dealing with a construction worker. You're not dealing with somebody, you know, it, they're a little soft. They're a little, you know, they're actors. They're a little up to the knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're one knuckle. They're a little foofy. They're one knuckle. No, the saying was they're one knuckle deep. <laughs> <laughs> one knuckle deep. I, I, Peter, mud on. <laughs> oh, that's where it came from. But but Mickey Rourke grew up hard. He grew up in an abusive household. Yeah. Uh, in Florida, Miami, uh, and he was running the streets. He was getting in a lot of trouble, and he ended up in a boxing gym. And it was the same spot where Muhammad Ali used to train. Really? Oh yeah, he used to see well, where, all those guys. Well, where was Rourke from? Originally, I'm going to say upstate New York. Okay. Got divorced from his mother and father. I mean, yeah. his mother and father got divorced. Okay. And right. the mother with her new boyfriend, mm-hmm. a police officer who was extremely abusive. He, oh, he will yeah, not even, yeah. he will not, he said he was a violent man. So he will not even get into it. I've yet, and I've seen every Mickey Rourke interview out there. My favorite is... On BET with Travis Smiley and Mickey Rourke. Travis Smiley's got a great show. Oh, and this is, I'm going back at least 10 years ago. Yeah. He, I, that's the interview where I saw Mickey Rourke 
say the most, like really open up. So, and so he was into this boxing gym and he was a fighter, you know, and he came to back to New York City after he got the acting bug and he came here with nothing, nothing. He used to sell stuff on the street. I mean, just trying to afford to get acting lessons and, you know, I guess acting helped him cover Who that pain. The hell knows. You know, we, we talk about fate and destiny on the Jersey Alchemist, but who, All the the, time. who the hell knows, you know, until it happens. And, and you know what I think? A lot of people, their fate and destiny stalk them, right? Like a leopard. And it pounces and it gets them. And 10 years later, they still fucking don't know that they're in their, they're in their path of destiny. They don't know it. Yeah. They don't know it. It's like, I feel that way about pediatric surgery. Mm. I don't know how I got there. What I don't do you, know how I you, did it. What do you always say, John? Against all odds. My whole life is against all odds. But but I think that's why a, a lot of people's lives may, if you peel that onion, peel the layers, you'll find out that a lot of things in their life, if you really look back and you peel the layer of the onion, You'll find it was against all odds. That what were the odds that this was going to happen or that was going to happen? Yeah. Mike and I talked about you know um, people that you wouldn't think early on that would make it into professional athletics, mm. and, and we, you know, we talked about that one guy from Jersey who his entire youth hockey career was a B tier two player. I think it was James Van Riemsdyk. Okay. Or, tier two. Tier two. Tier two, that means he's playing against my kids, mm. right? And then all of a sudden, he grows a foot. That doesn't really matter. He gets really good. All of a sudden, he's Division One. boom, he's an NHL all-star. That's against all odds, coming from Tier 2 Jersey. Hey. Not not from one of the hotbeds, you know, like right. Minnesota, mm. Minnesota, Canada, yeah. you know, Massachusetts. Those are the hotbeds. It's timing. There's definitely a spirit guide involved with that because yeah. there's so many things that have to fall into place. Right. You have to get a coach that likes you, uh, you know, that appreciates what that's going to play you. I mean, my kids have had coaches, right? So, yeah. That, that you know, for some reason, they didn't mesh with your kid. And even though you know he's better than the – listen, I, we could really go down a rabbit hole. We're with this. going to. Oh, We're going to. Boy. We'll have to come back around to the movies that affected us. But in keeping okay. with that – let me say this, and then you're going to go, okay? Why we got onto that topic was because, of course, Mike's a huge Rangers fan. I'm a huge hockey fan. When a push comes to shove, if the Devils are playing the Rangers, yes. you know, especially back in the day, you know, uh, I was going to be, I was rooting for the Devils, you know? Uh, but now, because I haven't really been into it for so long, I don't, I wouldn't really care who wins as long as it's a good game. But we started talking about against all odds and who makes it and it's the unexpected players and it's that book of outliers and then it's all of the parents Ooh, here's a rat hole for all of you throw your fellow uh parents under the bus head first the throw you under the bus people this is for you how many times have I run onto people who, oh, they're friends, let me buy you a drink, you know, we're, we're, we're holed up in some, you know, uh, arena in Massachusetts or in 
uh, Ontario or Pennsylvania. Hey, hey, Doc, come on over. Let me buy you a drink. Blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, hi, Dr. Gallucci. Oh, I like your beard. Oh, let's have a soda with each other. Tell me all about how your daughter got into ice hockey. And then before you know it, she's throwing you under the bus face fucking first. Mm. I am so sick of those people. So the story is, Mike's son was a goalie. And he was pretty damn good. Very athletic. Very, you know... Kind of like a Mike Richter type guy, you know. Who's to say that he wouldn't have blossomed late like Van Riemsdyk did, and he wouldn't be the next Mike Richter? But let me tell you who made sure that that was never going to happen. The douchebag parent that figured they were going to get under the skin of the director of the local organization, who I won't name because they're still around, and I think he is too, but I, I saw people in a line like he was like he was God, like he was the king, like he was the land baron, giving him Rolex watches and giving him tickets to the Rangers and to the Devils. So the, there were two goalies on the team. Mike's son was a cut above the other goalie, a cut above everybody knew it. Half of, half of a... Um, an allocation of season tickets to the Devils went right in his pocket. Wow. Who got cut from the team? Mike's son. Mm. There you go. There you go. You political motherfuckers. Ooh. Yeah. What about letting the kid do it on his own? You know. And what about the coach that accepts those gifts? I mean, that's crazy. Well, this too. wasn't the coach. Yeah, that happened all the time. But this guy was the director the of dire, the entire the director organization. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy. Talk yeah. about talk about all roads lead to Rome and, yeah. and shit rolls downhill. Well, one kind of shit rolls downhill and the other shit works its way up yeah. to the top of the organization. Yeah, I mean, one my son, I know, uh, and I coach sports um, for over a decade. And I coached them all. Travel hockey, football, baseball, softball with my daughter, and I loved every second of it. And I never picked an all-star because I realized in the big picture... Nobody's going really going to the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL. Nobody's really going. If you're lucky, yeah. and your kid plays in college, that is such a gift. I mean, you, your daughter yeah. played in college and yeah. excelled. I mean, was she that good, John? That the coaches couldn't mess with her as she was coming up, or were there times where no, she had raw ability, and the and the the director of women's hockey saw her on the ice. Um, in one of those open practice sessions yes you know so it was it was not sanctioned by any particular organization and after that the i'll never forget this you know my daughter is blessed with massively strong legs those are the legs i didn't have and um the the coach of the triple a team saw her and started peeping into the ear of the director of women's hockey who went to the Olympics, apparently scored a winning goal in the Olympics against the Canadians, all that crap. Yeah. You know, the big bitch, as I'd like to say, because that big bitch um, in years to come turned around and threw us under the bus. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just, it's and it was all politics. Eh. So... Here's the tier one, the triple A coach 
tier one AAA coach comes over to me as if, I don't know, um, some deity decided to, oh, yes, I'm going to knight you and anoint you. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. and I am the coach of the AAA team, mm -hmm. and you should kiss my ass. Bow to me. Come into my office right now. I have good news for you, my subject. Mm. I really, the entire time, I knew better, and I wanted to say from from the get-go, hey, go fuck yourself. Who the hell do you think that you're, you're, you're pulling in so that we have to eat your shit? And that's exactly what it was. We were, we were going to be eating his shit. And the shit of the parents that were throw you under the bus people. I'll never forget, there was something called, um, I think there was regional camp and national camp. These are camps that were, you, you had to go by invite. It was regional and then it was like a national camp. And then if you really, you know, played the right notes on the piano and you sucked enough ass with the right people, then you got invited to, I don't know, Colorado Springs or something like that. That's, that's how the system works. And because my daughter, didn't want to go to some summer camp somewhere for like a week. She, I wanted her to go. I was just trying to kind of do the right thing within the confines of this bullshit system. And she's like, Dad, don't you understand? She goes, we played 55 games this year. And how many practices? She goes, I just want to be a kid this summer. And I, and, I, and I listened to her and I was like, wow. okay, this is not, I'm not going to be that crazy ass parent that, I'm shoving my dream down my kid's throat. I says, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. And so we didn't go to this camp. At the beginning of the season, which would have been maybe like September-ish, right? We're on the ice, you know, they're doing their power skating and all that crap. One of the fathers comes up to me and he's making small talk and he just nonchalantly looks at me and over his shoulder he says, so, we didn't see you or your daughter at such and such camp in June. That was it. That was it. That was like the scene from Goodfellas where Joe Pesci was led into that empty room. Sure. But he's and he made. knew right away he was either going to be made or shot in the back of the head. And we know which one it was. That was it. That was it. That's that's what youth sports is to me. Youth sports been very very shitty to me. Nah, yeah, it'll it'll challenge your morality. I mean, oh. you want to first of all, I mean, a couple of quick stories on uh, my son used to play tr um, junior hockey and he used to go up and down the coast. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, mm -hmm. North Carolina, Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. Every weekend we were every. I loved every second of it. Right. All right, and he was okay on those teams. He didn't hurt the team. Uh, he definitely brought something to the team, all right? And I could see him because he started hockey late. He was progressing. Yeah, yeah. And he had the size and the strength. All he needed was the willpower. Yet on his high school team, he was on the fourth line behind guys on second and third lines. What that high school? I'm not going to mention any oh, high school. Teams. I, I just and, didn't know where he Yeah, had. yeah. And who he's on the second and third, uh, second and third liners are on there that can't even skate. There you go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. how do you not, like, flip a table? Like, you know, I'm sorry we didn't yeah. bake brownies. You know, yeah. the kids 
doing two high school practices, doing two travel practices. He's making games everywhere. You know, we, we lived in our car and in a, out of a hockey bag, but that wasn't good enough, you know, for the right. the, the parents' committee, the you parents, know. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, what, what oh. the hell? Oh, God, the team manager. That was it. Holy shit. One, one horrible, draconian team manager after the next. Oh, my God. Ooh. Each one was like a Hillary Clinton in and of herself because they were almost never the guys. The guys seemed to be too busy to put up with that bullshit. And let's face it, no man is as vicious as a vicious female. Ah, that's that's what my life has taught me. Put that in stone, pal. That's, <laughs> write that right. in stone. That's down there. So uh, how about a Little League baseball story? So sixth grade. The, the baseball all-star team in most towns is oh, already picked Jesus. before the season starts. Oh, God, yeah. So, unfortunately, my son got voted on to the all-star team, okay? Now, he was a good baseball player. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you he was a second coming to a yeah, Babe yeah. Ruth or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, with the competition, the kids his age, he was a good baseball player. He right. could hold his own, all right? right. right. would never hurt you. And he got voted on. Okay, this was an uproar. They had to have secret behind door meetings. You want to talk about secret societies? Try and get into a little league uh, baseball committee meeting. Oh yeah, oh, no, if no. you're not a yeah. part of the crew, you ain't gonna get in there. Right. And so for they had to have a special situation where they had to have one extra kid now because he got voted on. All right. Well, you would think okay, somebody a coach would concede. I watched in every tournament. Okay. The third baseman go 0 for, I'll be conservative, 54. Uh, the right fielder go 2 for 75. And I'm like, when are you going to give this other kid a chance? You know, you, you're giving him one at-bat a game. He's gotten a couple of hits, makes a diving catch in the outfield. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, give him a shot. I mean, are you that small-minded? Yes, they are. So That's exactly what So I told my ex-wife at the time, okay, here's my wallet. Here's my keys. This guy comes over to me. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because he's going to give me that shitty grin. I don't know what's going to happen. And I was, and you feel bad for your kid. But what held me back was, I'm not going to be that parent. Because uh, it's always going to break bad for the parent, right? Yeah. You can't lose sight of, you don't want to embarrass your son or your daughter. And you don't want to make a stink. You know, maybe I'll cool down for a day or two. And that's what I did. I cooled down. I talked to the guy. So he 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 made the All Star team, and in the All Star game, he like didn't play. Oh, the whole the whole tournament, he didn't play. I mean, and they they were going. They moved to a different level. This is Little League. Little League. So now my my son is pissed off. He's down on sports, down on of baseball, course. America's game. Yeah. So now I and I was done coaching baseball because yeah. of the politics. Everything. I said, you know what? Okay. So I coached another two years. Just so he would have a different experience, yep. you know, than, yep. than that. Because some guy tried to put his thumb on it, you know, on a kid. On oh, a but kid. That's, that's what they're all about. That's uh, they're 100%. They're a bunch of numbnut fucking yeah. assholes that are hurting kids. They're hurting your kids. Yeah. Or is it you that's doing the hurting? Can I tell you my story? I'd love to hear okay. your story. It's in the... Uh, First chapter of my book, My Life with God. The name of the chapter is I Spiritual Heart and Eyes. I love this story. I did eyes. read this. Yes. And um, you know, uh, it's so I, it's not a new thing, John. This has been going on for a while. Because you're going to take you us back in time. Me? 
Where's is, your time machine taking us? What year? Uh, well, uh, it was Major League, Little League Baseball for me. Yeah. So there were three tiers in Little League in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. And nobody called it Pop Warner. That didn't exist in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, in Essex County. It was just Little League. There were the minors, and I think you started at like five years of age. There was no T-ball. That didn't exist yet, right? So I think minors were five to seven. The majors were, I think, seven to ten. And then the intermediates were like, I think, 11, 12, 13. And then then after that, it was, and there was no middle school in Cedar Grove. It was was K through 12. So after intermediates, I think it was high school baseball. I think. I don't know because I'll tell you how I achieved my exodus from the sport of baseball. And I, I really loved baseball. I loved everything about it. And I loved the camaraderie of the kids on the team and all of that jazz. When I was a minor, I was terrified of the speedballers, which th- there were a few kids that could really throw a speedball. But this story in particular, all it took was for one kid, and that was Kevin Woods. Kevin Woods' father was the coach of my coach when I was a minor on the Giants. And he was a real great guy. And he, he passed. He passed right in the middle of our season when I was mm-hmm. on the minors. It was the first wake I ever went to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now it's a year or two later, and I'm on the majors with Kevin, my coach's son. And Kevin was, I think, a year older than me, maybe two years older. So it was that cusp year. But I was the youngest kid on the team. And I was scared out of my mind of going up against the Braves and this guy, Brian, who just had muscles everywhere compared mm-hmm. to the rest of us. And he could throw a fastball that and you knew if it hit you, he wasn't going to hit you in the ass. It was going to hit you in the face. And if it hit you in the face, you were going to the hospital. I mean, that's just the way it was. I was terrified. So the coach gets the lineup, and then the coach backs off. And then I guess Kevin decides he's going to be the player coach. And he's pacing up and down the bench. And he's given us a a Newt Rockney talk about how we can't just hand them this game. You know, yeah, they got a better record than us. Yeah, uh, Brian so-and-so is the pitcher. The hell with him. You know, we're going to just do our best. And we're going to take this game. And we're going to win. And we're going to hit him from the left and hit him from the right. I like this this kid. All of that crap, right? And then he turns, and I'm the youngest kid on the team. And he goes, you, Gallucci. And I was like... I couldn't even swallow. I go, what? He goes, you. He goes, you're going to hit a home run today. And I was like, and I remember looking down into the dirt, and my sneaker was kind of brushing the dirt back and forth. You know, I I was sitting on a bench. We were all in a lineup. And then he's ranting at me about how you just have to have the confidence in yourself and the potential that you have and this and that, and you haven't haven't even begun to tap into your potential. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, he's right. Potential. He's right. I'm going to do it. So it was a really tight, close game. And I get up for the first time, and this pitcher throws a fastball right down the pipe. Boom! You know, nothing but dust comes out of the catcher's glove. And now I'm like, holy fuck. And so I said, all right. And Kevin's looking at me, and he goes, kill it! He goes, kill it, hit it like you mean it, send it over the fences. And I'm like, MF, he's right. Well, 
Ryan throws another fastball straight over the plate. Crack! It, I swung like I wanted to kill the world, and I did. Mm. And it just went all the way out into the sticker bushes, way over the fence at wow. Blasey Field on the corner of Bradford and... Which is still there. Bradford and what's the name of that street? Um, Grove. Grove, yeah, right. It's still, oh, yeah, there. It's, it's still there, right? So I hit a home run. Place goes nuts. I'm like, I can't believe it, right? Now that the game is going on, I get up for a second time. I get up for a second time. It's a, it's a, it's a one-run game, and there were a couple of foul balls, a couple of strikes, a couple of this or that, and then crack, boom, over the fence it goes, way into the sticker bushes, wow. second home run. You know, um, Woodsy's looking at me like, you hey. know, I've created a monster. <laughs> you know, all I had to do was play the right notes with this wow. guy. Wow, I got into his head. Wow. Now I think we're... We're behind by a run. It's like the last inning. The count is full. Place is going nuts. Parents are screaming like maniacs. And you're at bat. And I'm at bat. What? I'm at bat, and, and there's bases loaded. What? Bases you're loaded. You're making this stuff up. Bases loaded. Oh, my wow. kids know the story by heart, right? They're I sick know. of it. And um, bases loaded, full count. Not a joke. Bases loaded, full count. We're down by one. It's the end of the game. Crack. Boom. A grand slam. Three home runs in one game. Grand slam, third. We win the game. All I remember was I was I was holding back the tears as I rounded first base, and I looked at Brian, the pitcher for the Braves, and his hands were over his head, and he was just, like, wow. staring like, like wow. what just happened. And, of course, everybody was the hero for the day. Make the long story short, wow. I led the league in home runs. I, I just was that kid. I had, I had a rifle arm from third base. Don't ask me to be second base because I didn't understand the position. And the father coaches didn't have the capacity to teach me how to play second okay. base. All right. So I was a great third baseman. I was a great outfielder because I could nail people with my arm. From from the fence. Wow. So here comes they had to pick they had to pick the All Star team and I how could they how could they leave the home run leader of the league out of the roster for whatever side I was playing yeah. for right okay fine so guess what here comes the game it, it's time for the All Star game this meant everything to me my grandfather came he was sitting on a lounge chair with a cigar watching the game my father who never came to my games not because he didn't want to but because he was an athletic director and on a saturday he had to be wherever the hell he had to be with whatever high school he was he was uh working with my father was there my mother my grandfather my brother came to see my game i had friends relatives i had a real crowd the home run leader never got up at bat played a half an inning, and every single That's inning, the coaches, kids were in the entire fucking game. That's a sin. And on the way home in the car, mm. Mm. you could hear a pin drop. Mm. And I... Imagine if your father was one of those fathers that wanted to kick somebody's ass as big as he was. Oof. Yeah. I have to tell you, my father through the years, I used to say to him, Hey, Dad, how come, you know, you don't coach 
you know, the little league, or how come you don't play on? How come you don't play on the men's league softball team, right? And and he he never really answered me until one day I was bugging him so much he he took me on the side. And he says, "You have to understand something." He goes, "I played in front of seventy thousand people, D1 Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs, in front of seventy thousand people." He goes, "The the Giants, you know, were." were ready to draft me. He had a career-ending back injury, fate, destiny. He goes, ah, I just can't, you know. He goes, this means a lot to the other guys that never got that far. Mm. He goes, to me, he goes, it's not, it's not something that I care to do. He goes, you have to just give me that. And I says, oh, okay. He made me understand as a kid. Yeah. All right, okay, I guess I understand it now. But on the way home in the car, silence in that car. And we had like two or three carloads of people just my, from my family, and I never got up to bat. The fucking home run leader of the league was denied a chance at fucking bat. I feel like I'm supposed to say, keep your my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Never got up at bat. And um, silence in the car. And uh, I said, Dad? He said, yeah. And I could tell he was... He was furious, but what was he going to do, right? Because he wasn't going to, my father never lowered himself to the assholes in town. Good for him. And um, that's one of the reasons why his name isn't on the Cedar Grove pool. He never played their stupid political game. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's one for you, Cedar Grove fans. And how'd that do for your uh, baseball career, John? Right. I know I'm dragging the story out. I apologize. No, no, no. I, I want to make sure, you, I wanna make sure you tell, you tell so what happened. I, I, I said, Dad, yeah. I said, um, I am never going to play baseball again, ever, never in my entire life. Never. And he didn't move a muscle. He just went, yep. Wow. Yep. Now, Okay. Now, my father was a track coach. He had state championship wrestling teams, track teams. He was a football coach, this, that, the other thing. And track season was the same season as baseball in high school. And I had a, a wicked arm, and I had, was very coordinated. I wasn't as big as I would like to have been. I was the shrimp in the family, but I said, okay, I'll show him. There isn't going to be a team around me or a fucking coach to screw me. So I am going to be the world's best discus thrower. And I didn't have any understanding that I didn't have the body for it. I don't have the big gargantuan gorilla hands for it. Funny, but I had the hands of a surgeon that could operate on a 500 gram preemie. Mm. I just didn't see that coming. But the story was that I became uh, an award-winning discus thrower. Watching you throw was amazing. John, but just think how, and we always say this, people out there, when something bad happens, some something hits you, a, a tragedy, or yeah. something doesn't go your way, and a door gets slammed in your face, you know what? Somebody's, some spirit, yeah. some higher power mm-hmm. is guiding you yeah. to another, and look what it did. It guided you, no excuse, now I'm going to be a track guy, a field guy. Yeah. And you excelled counties, you won everything. You know, state, I had a college state career, championship, state championship. The whole deal. And, you know, it was I ended amazing. Up, I ended up going to the Nationals Division Three, 
Why not Division One? Because the Division One guys were six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds. Because the discus got bigger, and once the you know the discus gets bigger by a pound, and it and it grew in oh, it's a big deal. in in radius, um, then it's a matter of physics, you know. And it, it would have been implausible. I still made it to the to the Division Three nationals with a college discus, but I. You know, I was never going to be able to compete at the Division One level, mm. and I got it out of my system. And I remember the last throw of my career, and I was fighting back the tears because I put my heart, my mind, my body, my soul into being the best discus thrower I could be because it meant everything to me. It did. It really did. It wasn't just shits and giggles like, oh, we're on the bus, we're going to a relay. You know, hey, what'd you bring for lunch? I and mean, we did all that. We had a good time. But that anyway. was for guys like me. But uh, yeah, that's an amazing story. I mean, John, alchemize this episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I will. Uh, let me just do my best. Go ahead. What? No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm going to do my best on this. For the parents that are watching, okay? You might want to bear this in mind for your kids. There are outliers in athletics. Read the book, Outliers. And very few kids from Little League or youth sports make it to the pros. There are people who make it to the pros because that's the pros are out there. But it's statistically just a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. But remember that everything happens for a reason. And I was always that guy. And you can tell if you've been watching the Jersey Alchemist, I am absolutely an edgy guy. There's no question about it. And, but everything happens for a reason. So if you got, you got your heart set on something and somebody stands in your way, some stranger mm. whose kid can't hold your kid's jockstrap and they screw you and they throw you under the bus for the benefit of their own kid, or, or not. They just throw your kid under the bus. Understand, talk to your kid, and put it in their head that they have to alchemize that torpedoing, because it's a torpedoing. It's getting thrown under the bus, it's getting stabbed right in the gut, and then they twist it. And if, I'm, if I look like I'm getting edgy and emotional, mm. you have to get edgy and emotional about your life. If you want to be that marshmallow, let me know where you're at. You need to be slapped around. So let your kids understand. Oh, you feel bad that Mr. So-and-so or, or Miss So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so didn't play you the whole game or that you didn't make the golf team and meanwhile you're a better golfer than everybody on the team well this is what you're going to do instead of quitting and putting your tail behind between your legs right you're going to alchemize that situation and how do you do that you're going to imagine yourself the very very best at whatever you choose to do whether it's a different endeavor like me going in onto the track team and becoming an award-winning record-breaking discus thrower for you know for my inadequate body habitus or whether it's the same exact endeavor use that psychic energy use that frustration use that that sorrow the energy of the sorrow and what it feels like to get screwed so unfair and use that 
for the energy of your blast furnace that you're going to take off like a rocket, but you're going to do it in an, in an alchemist way. And you're going to make all of your naysayers and you're going to make all the people that torpedoed you and threw you under the bus head first. And you're going to make all of those son of a bitches that stabbed you in the back and made you think it was somebody else. You are going to crush them and you are going to reign supreme and you are going to climb the ladder and end up in places that they could never have imagined. And at the same time, you're going to use meditation and prayer to get yourself there. Now, we have to, we have to exhibit and exercise forgiveness. I do forgive all those people because the point of this story is in spite of what they did, everything happens for a reason. They were merely playing their part in that big stage production that we call our lives. And you know something? They played their parts perfectly. Ah, but so must you. And that means alchemize the low points of your life so you hit, as Jackie Gleason would say, the high note. Mm, right? Well said. And, and that's it. That's how to alchemize a shitty situation and getting screwed and getting thrown under the bus. Do something with your life where you 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 transcend and you you go so high that when you look back at those people don't hold it against them understand that they were your rocket fuel they loaded up your rocket with solid rocket fuel and you can't even see them they're so far behind you amen like well, you put that and to you parents out there who are coaches do the right thing you know who you are. You're like a teacher. And your point is not to put any kid down. It's to make get the best, get the most potential you can out of every kid. To you coaches, you know who you are. There thanks you go. for thanks for watching the Jersey Alchemist, John. Thank you for a great episode. Wow, well said. Well said. Well, a round of applause for everybody. Hey. Uh, the drinks are on me. Yeah. So next time, uh, join yeah. us on the Jersey Alchemist. If you like what we're doing, people, press like. And like John said, the other video, subscribe. subscribe. It means it a lot to us. It helps us on the YouTube algorithms. Otherwise, it gets, you know, it's lost in the sauce. It gets lost. Okay. Join us next time. Peace.